listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. As we enter the month of November, college football's regular season is heading down its home stretch with four weeks' worth of games left to be played. This Saturday night in Tempe, it'll be a matchup of two Pac-12 programs hoping to get back on track as the Arizona State Sun Devils, 5-3 and three on the year, 3-2 and two in Pac-12 play, take on the 4-4 four and four USC Trojans on what will be ASU's Salute to Service game for 2021. We invite you to join us for the next hours. We talk Arizona State football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. With me, as always, fourth-year Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our show tonight. Coach, always good to see you in the college football world. There's still something special about the three letters USC, aren't there? It was that way when you played at Cal, blow those many moons ago, and it still rings true today. Well, they have the logo, and uh, certain colleges and universities have a logo on the side of their helmet. And, uh, you know, Pretty people, recognizable, People huh? understand who they are. There's no doubt about that. What a history they have. Tonight's show comes your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down. We have a great crowd here tonight. Uh, enjoy some great food, tasty beverages, and some uh, terrific Sun Devil football talk here at the Lodge. All the games on the screen as well. Speaking of USC, among our guests on tonight's show, a gentleman who was one of the Trojans' all-time great football players but is now on the other sideline as ASU's first-year linebackers coach Chris Claiborne will drop by a little bit later on. And also with us tonight, a reliable veteran and a talented newcomer on the Sun Devil defense as senior defensive lineman Shannon Foreman and freshman linebacker Eric Gentry will drop by for a visit as well. As those of you who join us each week know, this show is formatted just like a football game in quarters. So off we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. As again, we say hello to head coach Herm Edwards. And before we delve into Saturday's uh, game, unfortunately, uh, we won't get to see a very talented player from the other side as USC wide receiver Drake London, the number two pass catcher in the nation with 88 receptions in the season's first eight games, suffered a broken ankle while catching a touchdown pass in the game against Arizona last week, and he is out for the year. And Herm, what a huge loss that is for the Trojans. Drake London accounts for something like 40% of their receptions, 43% of their receiving yards, and of course we remember him well last year scoring or catching that fourth down touchdown pass in the closing three minutes to win that game against ASU at the Coliseum. Yeah, it's a tough loss, uh, not only for USC, but for college football. Uh, when you think about a player of his stature and what he's been able to do, he's, he's going to be a top 15 pick uh, probably in the National Football League. And um, I, I, when, I, when I heard it happen on my press conference, I, I uh, gave out our thoughts and prayers to him. He would heal quickly and, mm-hmm. and get back. But it, it is a, it's a major loss for, for everyone that likes football, whether yeah. you're a USC fan or not. He's a great player. As great a player as he is, uh, probably the best receiver in college football this year. It's not as though USC is without other weapons. They have two great quarterbacks. 
a couple of talented receivers besides Drake London. And their running game with the Texas transfer, Keontae Ingram, seems to be gaining steam the last month. Yeah, they've done a nice job now. They're they're becoming more balanced, uh, I would say. It's still a little on the the pass side of it, but they're able to run the football. Uh, And and I think that's a little bit of part of the – the history of USC, yeah, I was always say. having great running backs and be able to run a football. I remember, I'm sure Chris Claiborne remembers student body right in those mm-hmm. days, and it looks like with Keontae Ingram running the ball like he has, they're kind of getting a little bit back towards. No, that. they're starting to balance, and, and 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 I think that that's the tradition of USC. You know, I mean, regardless of what you say, USC was always known to have great running backs and, mm-hmm. and strong defenses, and, and and they used to play that way. Yep. Let's. Uh, we'll talk more about the Trojans later. Les for Arizona State. Uh, yeah, obviously it's been a tough couple of weeks for your program. A, a tough, really, we we condense it. A tough six quarters yes. for your program. You go back to uh, October sixteenth, halftime at Utah. Your team is up twenty-one-seven, uh, five and one, and uh, thirty minutes away from really uh, taking a stranglehold of command of the Pac-12 South. And then something happened. Uh, have as you and your staff analyze it, what? has gone wrong in these last six quarters well I, if, if i knew that you know i would uh, we would take a, some medicine and, and, and get it fixed mm-hmm. and i think the medicine is you, you got to go through it and and um, we got to find a way to come out on the other side of it uh, a better football team and you know and, and that's what we're trying to do we, we got to continue to, to uh, uh, persevere uh, we have to continue to believe that um we have the, the ability and the potential to be a good football team. We showed that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we've, we've, we've hit a tough skid. And um, it's all about competition. It's about competing, competing for four quarters, as hard as you can compete. And that's kind of been my message all week. We have to get back to competing and, and not worrying about uh, the situation or the outcome. Just compete. Just compete as hard as you can for four quarters, and then we can live with the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, And if you do that, you have a chance to win. And, boy, if you could avoid the self-inflicted wounds, that would help. Uh, 13 (laughs) penalties at Utah. Last week against Washington State, it was more the turnovers, the five turnovers. I think that led to 24 of the Cougars' 34 points. That is correct. And and you think about uh, the fourth and one that we did not convert. Um, No points on that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We missed a field goal. Uh, No points on that. Uh, We had a big run by Jaden Daniels call back for a touchdown. He had a drop touchdown pass. Yeah. So all those things add up and um, we've kind of played that way in, in, in not a whole game but, but in certain spurts of the game and, and we said this when we had the foul situation we cleaned that up a little bit we have to clean all these other mishaps up. This number these numbers I think tell the story in ASU's five wins the Sun Devils are averaging seven penalties a game, and their turnover ratio in those games, plus four. And in the three losses, it's an average of 12 penalties a game, turnover ratio, minus five. Boy, that turnover ratio year in and year out at any level of football gives you a pretty good indicator of who's having success and who isn't. Yeah, and you're right in, in the fact that um, until this season, um, that was we always – had the plus category and, and, and you know turnovers and, and giveaways and takeaways. We're always on the plus. So we've hit a last bad. year. You led the nation, I think, plus eight. Yeah, and and so it, it's just one of those deals we're dealing with, and um, we we we, we got to fix it. You can't put the ball on the ground. Yeah. I guess the thing that has surprised so many people is the mistakes being made by a team with so many veteran players. I'm just wondering, do you think some of your players are pressing a little bit, trying too hard? 
to make plays. Jaden threw an interception uh, last week that I just looked to me like a guy trying to make a play, trying to thread a ball into coverage downfield when maybe it wasn't really there. No, and, and I think it, you're right. It, 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 they are pressing, and you could feel it. Uh, you could see it in, in, in their eyes at times. You know, they want to make a play, but I, I, I'm trying to make them understand just do the things you're trained to do. Just do those things. This is what football is about. Do the things that you're trained to do. Trust your teammate that he's going to do his. And then collectively, we can, we can find our way again. But you, you can't win the game by yourself. Uh, you can't get out of character. Mm-hmm. And when you start pressing, those things happen. And that's a good point because you were talking about this at your press conference the other day. You can't, in your opinion, you can't get out of character in the way you deal with your no. team, can you? No, that would be, no. That, it's, uh, no, and I won't. Uh, that's I'm not built that way. Uh, I think you have to stay steady, uh, and you have to uh, correct the things that need to be corrected, and you have to continue to uh, spread confidence in your football team in, 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 in little doses. You know, and every guy's a little bit different. And how do you go about doing that? And that's my job. You know, and I take a day, and then I go around and talk to some players about where they're at and what we need to do. It's the process of it. You got to live with the process, yep. and when you when you hit a bad skid like this, it's no fun for anyone. Yep. It's no fun for coaches. It's no fun for the players. It's no fun for fans, you know. And, and then if you and we live in a world that there's so many people that now can touch you or touch the players by what they put on a phone or how mm-hmm. they, and and so you got to get them get them away from that and just stay in touch with the people in the building. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that and, and, and weather the storm, we'll come out of it a better football team. Which players' voices, uh, in your opinion, resonate the most with their teammates in your locker room? Guys that you think maybe can help you know, grab this team by the shirt and say, "Let's come on, guys, let's get out of this. Well, I think there's a handful of them, and I don't want to put any of them on the spot. Uh, because if I do that, then people will be writing about that. These are the guys that got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to do it together as a family. We're a family, and I think the thing that I that I really appreciate is that um, the players and the coaches are together. There's no separation. We we know what we're trying to do. Uh, we're all on the same page, and um, if you do that and you stick together through the hard times, I, I think you learn something about yourself, your teammates, and the people. You, you're in the building with and that's important and, and we're going through it and that's that's part of it, it it's part of i've been done this a long time and it's just you, you know eventually if you do it long enough it it it, it comes to your doorstep mm-hmm. and then how do you handle it and and you don't panic you don't change your demeanor you know you're always trying to fiddle with things to to improve and, and there's things you want to do and practice and there's things you say but you can't come out of character because if you do that, then it really becomes bad. Because then it sends a bad message to the player. In that vein, how were practices this week? Um, I heard one of your coaches, I think it was uh, we were doing a feature on the pregame show, and your quarterback's coach this week, Trey Anderson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trey said he thought you had a really good week of practices. Did you do anything different to add to the competitive uh, well, nature? Well, we did. We went, back, we, we went back to um, uh, what we've done before in, in, in practice, very competitive when the ones and the ones go against each other. And we made it almost game like, and I think that's where the competition starts. And I think you have to continue to do that. We did that for the first two days, and then today we did the old traditional way of the cards and, and mm-hmm. developmental guys servicing the groups. But we're going to stick with that. I think 
until the season ends. And you know, there's a lot of things you look at. You want to modify. You want to change. But I, but I think it's more than anything. It's just when when adversity hits, and this team has always been able to handle that. It really has. I mean, when you think about all the games that we've been in, that's been close, or we've been behind, and we've been able to come back. A lot of these players were involved in those games that they won, and, and that's what I keep preaching to them. Mm-hmm. We've dealt with this before. We, 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 we just got to find a way out of it. You dealt with it last year. I mean, yeah. you only played four games, but you dealt with a worldwide pandemic, uh, a, a month shutdown in your program, and yet in every each, you only got to play four games as it was. That's adversity alone. Yes. And then uh, in two of the games, the two games you lost, you either could have or should have won the games, and, right. and then you closed out with two strong wins. They dealt with adversity last year. There's no doubt, and I think sometimes you, you forget about that because you get into you get into present and you don't think about the past, how we dealt with things, and I try to explain that to them and show them, you know, on tape. Hey, look, these are some situations that occur. You know, it's funny a, a football game when you think about it, and I've done the numbers on this. I was looking at it today. Um, our offense averages 16 plays a quarter. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You play 16 plays in a quarter of a football game. Offense, that's all they do. Defense averages 18. Yep. And there's four quarters. Mm-hmm. 16 plays. That's all you get, first wow. quarter. And if you're not an offensive lineman or a quarterback, you don't play all 16. Yep. Yep. I'd only play eight plays. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive player, depending on what position you play, and if we rotate you, you might not play 18 plays. Right. That's in a quarter. Of a football game. That's all you play. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to make them understand is compete. Compete for 16 plays as hard as you can compete. Because you never know which play is going to determine the game. And if you do it in that manner, you're going to win some of those. You might, it's like a fight. You, you, you might That round might have been a draw. You might draw a couple times it's even. And then they might win one. But at the end, how many, how many in, in 16 plays, how many can you win? And if you do that every quarter and play football that way, you, you know, it's, 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 it's almost so simple, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. But that's basically what a game boils down to. And there's a couple special teams play first quarter, you play about seven special teams, play second quarter, maybe eight, third quarter, maybe about nine. <laughs> you know, but it's all together. And yep. you got all these guys, you got 22 guys on the field. You know, you got an offense and then a defense and the, you compete against each other. But they don't realize 16 plays and only 12 or 13 games a year. I mean, you you work all year as a player for the opportunity to play a relatively small number of games. Yeah. And that's why it's so precious. Mm -hmm. And every play is important. You don't know what play is going to make the difference in the game. You certainly don't. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Lots more headed your way on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, Arizona State's first-year linebackers coach and one-time USC linebacking great. Chris Claiborne will join us a bit later, but up next, we'll talk to two members of the Sun Devil Defensive Unit as you'll meet senior defensive lineman Shannon Foreman and freshman linebacker Eric Gentry. First, though, let's take a timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil fans, have you heard about a return to chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game. 
It's coming up shortly on Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by and join us if you're in the neighborhood. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in beautiful Tempe, Arizona. Time now to meet tonight's guests, two members of the ASU Defensive Unit. We have a veteran, and we have a first-year Sun Devil with us. The vet, to my far right here for our folks uh, in the restaurant, is a gentleman who, since arriving at Arizona State in 2017, has, by my count, played 45 games as a member of the Sun Devils defensive line over the last five seasons. He's one of the unsung heroes in the trenches for ASU, a steady-as-she-goes type player from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We welcome to the show defensive lineman Shannon Foreman. How you doing, Shannon? I'm doing well. How you doing? Great to have you on the show, my friend. The newcomer with us tonight has been one of the Sun Devils' top freshman players in 2021. This year, 25 tackles. He has three tackles for loss, a couple of pass breakups, and made one of the, the defensive plays of the year with his fourth down stop at UCLA October 2nd to help clinch ASU's win over the Bruins. He comes from... Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, say hello to linebacker Eric Gentry. How you doing, Eric? Doing good. Thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. Shannon, let's start with you. Uh, Both you guys came a long way from home to play here at Arizona State. Uh, You grew up in the heart of SEC country, Baton Rouge. Uh, What led you to come out here to the desert and become a Sun Devil? Um, Just the environment. You know, I'm I'm so used to the humidity in Louisiana, and then I came out here in this dry heat. And then also I came in January as well. So it was real cool. Then next, you know, I signed, and all of a sudden it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got fooled, right? Yes, sir. I remember when I came out here for my first uh, job interview visit many, many moons ago. I came in June. So I got I got the taste of what it was going to be like at the worst time of the year. You came here at the best time, huh? Yeah, it's like catfishing. That's all I can say. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so was it tough getting uh, switching from the bayou to the desert? Yes, it was. It was a... It was a struggle. You know, I'm so used to my moms and my dad, and, but mm-hmm. FaceTime helped out a lot. And also I had a lot of people around me mm-hmm. that can, um, they just brought me into their family and raised me out here. And this program is like a family, isn't it? Yes, sir. You guys are all brothers for sure. Uh, Eric, you're from Philadelphia, one of the top 20 prospects in Pennsylvania. What, uh, who else recruited you, and what were uh, the main things that drew you to ASU to become a Sun Devil? Um... I think for me, becoming a Sun Devil, I mean, you look at the coaching staff, like, man, I ain't never see a better coaching staff than that. More experienced than even the NFL, like, coaches got over probably 200 years with football, like, <laughs> so being able to come here, and then my high school coach was a coach that had connections, uh, and was a big reason why I was able to get scholarships, so I know having coaches that got connections and able to teach me the game, and they not only worry about football, they worry about becoming a man, you know what I'm saying, so that's yeah. a big thing Coach Aaron been talking about me since recruitment is being a man, so that's what I've been, I think that's the big thing for me when I first came here. And both your parents, I understand, were athletes, is that right? What yeah. Did they, well, yeah. Tell us about them. Uh, no, my dad wasn't no athlete, my mom was, my oh, brothers you, is all athletes though, okay. yeah. Yeah, my mom, uh, she, she played for Rutgers. I uh, think she probably lead, I think, Big Ten in blocks. And, uh, wow. And, like, third in, like, points or something like that. She was an athlete. Uh, 
but my sisters and my brothers, I mean, athleticism one in the family, so I think that was a good – it was best for me to start playing. You and, you, and you not only played football, you just telling me you played hoops at, uh, what is it, Newman-Goretti High School in Philadelphia, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Good I played team. basketball, yep, yeah. Uh, until my sophomore year, I started getting more scholarship in football. So my junior year, I had messed my shoulder up a little bit, so I focused on just recovering. And then I had probably probably 20 offers by then, so wow. I was just watching, just focusing on football at that time. Shannon, you've been around the program, uh, like I said, a long time, five years, through some ups and downs. What's, as a veteran, what's your take on the difficulties the team has faced the last couple of games? We just faced a lot of adversity. You know, we kind of started to build up in the second half of the Washington State game. But, I mean, just, just facing adversity this whole year. You know, a lot of people have been down. A lot of people have been you know, struggling. So but it, all it's about is just mo- motivating everybody and getting the, 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 the train rolling. Are you a leader? Do you consider yourself one of the leaders on this team? Yes, sir. How do you, what's your leadership style? How do you, how do you try to get the best out of your teammates? I just try to uplift them as much as I can mm-hmm. because at the same time, when you see somebody head down, that just kills the whole vibe of the whole team. You know, at the end of the day, you want to uplift everybody and make sure they're straight because at the end of the day, you, you, you might need that person on the fourth and one like Eric, you know. But at the end of the day, it's all about uplifting everybody and keeping them going because at the end of the, the, end of the day, the game's not over. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel the guys have lost any confidence or mojo, or do you still think that swag is still there? It's still there. It's still there. I mean, we had a hard practice this week, and, you know, everybody was motivated to play USC. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we just want to finish the season off strong and keep it going. And boy, Eric, you got a lot to play for. I mean, you could finish it with a nine and three record if you can run the table in November. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just like I said, ready to play. After after the game, somebody, everybody, it's it's, com- it's competition. It's more being mad than being having your head down. So mm-hmm. everybody was good. We had talked with each other as players, and like he said, we just ready to play. Everybody had a chip on their shoulder for USC, um, and we got a chip on our shoulder for any other team that we play. So. I think we. I think we're gonna be. We're gonna be good. We're is be good. is it a circle the wagons type mentality? Do you think that you guys have right now? Uh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, just like us against the world type uh, deal. Uh, nah. I mean, Shannon. I mean, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's those eleven players on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can have the fans in the world, but at the end of the day, it's the only people that, that matters is the eleven players. You know, everybody that's on the sideline is that's who we with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric, who are some of the veterans that you look up to on this team and on the defense? All the veterans on our defense, from whoever played to don't play. Uh, I'll just start off with Shannon. He brings energy every practice. Mm-hmm. You see Shannon out there yelling at everybody, no matter who you are. So we've been. That's been the biggest help for us is just getting that, that energy in practice. On the game, you haven't when times get hard you got the veterans telling us just calm down everything gonna be good and that and, and that helped us calm down uh from the linebackers to the dbs and obviously the d-line mm-hmm. uh everybody just just as one like you said as family um i mean i look up to the veterans some of the people that uh some of the people that's not even veterans you know what i'm saying just talking to the to the freshmen as a group mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying making everybody making sure we all on one page so Shannon, how good is this kid going to be, Mr. Eric Gentry, huh? He's going to be dominating the Pac-12 soon. Yeah. Just, just my word, I promise you. He just got to keep his head on the swivel and just grow every year. Mm-hmm. That's all. For sure. I want to get each of you to reflect back on a particular play. Shannon, yours 
was in the very first game of the Herm Edwards era. Uh, I think the Sun Devils opened that season 2018 against UT San Antonio. And you, Shannon Foreman, had a defensive lineman's dream. You had a pick six in that game. What do you remember about that play? All I remember was not to get caught by a quarterback at all. <laughs> and then after after all the celebration, I just wanted to get some water. That's uh, but I mean, it was it was a big turn. I mean, it was the coming out of Coach Hearn mm-hmm. and and Danny G as well. So I mean, it was it was it was a game to remember yeah and it was early in the game if i'm not mistaken too wasn't it it was like the second player that's right that's right of the season of the of the coach edwards era and of course eric we we touched on your play but it it still rates as one of the biggest defensive plays of the season uh ucla game it's the fourth quarter i think the sun devils are up by eight the bruins are facing a actually they had like a third and one inside the five yard line and jordan clark got a stop on third down and then fourth down chip kelly goes for it and you were able to stop dorian thompson robinson for no gain what do you remember most about that play and that uh sequence of plays um before we came before we got out on the field we just we just was talking to each other looking at each other in the eyes making sure we know like we can't give up no point uh i think that's the benefit of having older coaches being able to watch film we knew that the, you know, Dorian, uh, he liked to keep the ball in the red zone. He liked to keep the ball. Uh, he liked to put the ball in his hands. And when they got two in the backfield, they got uh, that speed option. He don't want to run no dive or any of that. That's what that's what they want want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, it was just it was just another play to be made. Uh, and it was you know it was just a good play. It was a good play. It was a huge play in that game. And then the Sun Devils get possession of the ball, drive ninety six yards down the field for a clinching touchdown, and they win the game forty two to 23 shannon this week uh you've seen usc plenty of times in your career it's always a big game especially for the socal guys on the team but share me your thoughts uh share with us your thoughts on the trojans and this game coming up i mean this is, this is gonna be a tough game i mean we're both in the same predicament you know we we both having a okay season so but at the end of the day they're gonna come in with a lot of energy we're gonna have the same amount because everybody wants to beat usc those trojans this is something about them that everybody want to beat them but i mean at the end of the day it's gonna be a big game they play hard we play hard they got energy we got energy at the end of the day this is gonna be about the toughness and who wanted more how about you eric your thoughts on playing sc big time program you know back in philly i'm sure you probably got to see them a lot on tv through the years uh this is another team to me i don't really care who we play really uh i'm just worried about what we got at the end so it don't, it don't really make a difference to me um whoever we play no matter who we play we just gonna go out there and play i think it could be a little league team we gonna do what we gotta do we just hype fat whoever to get in front of us next and we got the energy and the motivation to do that so like i said i seen how good everybody saw usc back in the day but when i see it man it's just just another team to play mm-hmm. shannon uh how do you feel the team is ready from a mindset perspective uh to shake off these last two games and get get after it on saturday night I mean, our mindset has always been there. We just got to go and execute. That's the only thing. I mean, everybody's confident. Everybody have a swagger. But we, at the end of the day, we know we're the better team, so we just got to go out there and play. Well, you've been great guests. Appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, now you can get back to your dinner. How about that? Is that a deal? Two great Sun Devils, Shannon Foreman, defensive lineman, and uh, freshman linebacker Eric Gentry, who's going to become a star at Arizona State. Uh, fellas, thanks for joining us here tonight. It's a game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21.
Up next, you'll meet first-year ASU linebackers coach Chris Claiborne. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe has been the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue now with tonight's show. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football, and your host tonight. Glad you all joined us, and we have a nice crowd here at the Lodge for this evening's show. Our guest in this segment is in his first season on the Arizona State coaching staff, and this weekend he will help lead the Sun Devils up against his alma mater. From 1996 to 98, he was one of the top linebackers in USC history. And in 1998, was named the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year and the Butkus Award winner as the best linebacker in college football that season. He went on to play eight years in the NFL with the Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, St. Louis Rams, and New York Giants. And he is now in his first season coaching linebackers at Arizona State. And we're glad to have him in maroon and gold. Pleasure to welcome Coach Chris Claiborne to the show. How are you doing, Chris? Man, thank you for having me. Thank Boy, you for having so me. good to have you as a Sun Devil. Uh, first off, the obvious question. How strange is it going to be or feel for you on Saturday night when you're on one sideline and your alma mater is on the other sideline? I think we take the same approach each week. Um, every game is a big game. Um, I think coaches set the standard uh, for that for us. So for me, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, this week will be a big game. Next week will be a big game. The week after that will be a big game. So um, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Uh, because of where we are and our expectations for ourselves, we, we, every, every game is a big game. Talk about the path that led you to ASU and uh, what attracted you to becoming a member of Coach Herm's uh, coaching staff. Man, it was an opportunity. It wasn't about what it attracted. It was an opportunity that they gave me. And um, it's been, it's been, I've been blessed um, to be able to be around these, these, these kind of minds. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach uh, Marvin Lewis. Coach Herm, I mean, these guys are, have so much knowledge. And then just the way that they handle themselves with all the things that happen, good, bad, or indifferent, is something that you're able to take. Uh, I think as a, as, a, as a young coach, you want to be under guys that you can see uh, how they handle every situation from good, bad, and different, and, and be able to learn and take from them. And, again, I'm blessed to have the opportunity. Was coaching something you always wanted to do? At what point did the coaching bug bite you? You know, when I got done, um, you kind of like you're in the fog, actually, because you're like, you know where you are every single part of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. You, your life is kind of mapped out for you. And when I wasn't doing that, it felt like, you know, you were lost for at some point. And then um, started working with actually like six year old kids, just training them, working with them in the park and started doing my own seven on seven team and just started over, honestly, and worked my way all the way back up. And um, it's been a, it's been a blessing. And. It just brought, brought that hunger back to work with young young men and making them maximize their talent. And you've progressed to the point where you're now here at ASU, and I have to believe that your messages resonate with your players because you've been there, done that, <laughs> in the places where they want to get to and the things they want to do. Well, I think also I, I know they understand that I want the, the best for them, right? So it, it's always about them first, and uh, we, we do that as a program. And um, every day that we push them is about making them better, making them better as an individual, making them better as a man. So it makes it easy when the, when the program is built off those standards. And in that vein, some really good news this week. Of course, I just mentioned Chris won the Butkus Award 
1998 as uh, the top linebacker in college football that year. Well, this week, one of Chris's players is one of the 16 semifinalists for this year's Butkus Award, Darian Butler of Arizona State, uh, one of four Pac-12 linebackers among the 16 semifinalists for the Butkus Award. That had to make you awfully proud. Man, he's much deserved. This, that kid works so hard. Uh, he's a great leader. Shows up every day. I mean, my whole – I'm blessed. I told those guys the other day I, I really appreciate them. Being a first-year coach and having that group and the way they responded this year has been, a, been, been great. And, um, you know, even with Eric Gentry, he's playing at a high level. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, They're just a good guys. They're good guys, and that helps – uh, them on the field as well. So we're just looking forward to playing at a high level from here on out. In, interesting. Last week we had Coach Cavanaugh, Coach Mike Cavanaugh on the show, uh, the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Similar situation to yours. He's a new coach working with a very seasoned veteran unit. And you come in here and you've got three really solid starters as seniors. Darian Butler, Kyle Soley, who's the team's number two tackler, Butler number one, and then Merlin Robertson is the third leading tackler. On the and team. they're better guys. They're good guys. You know, you know, it's funny because the biggest thing that I have to bring in every day is candy. They, <laughs> I bring candy in, they're happy. So as long as I continue to bring candy in that office or in that room, those guys, they love, look, Eric's looking right now, they love that candy. So if I don't have that candy on there, they're going to be on my butt. But as long as I do that, they handle their business. They've been great, and it's been a good year so far. Let's tell some secrets here. What are some of the favorite uh, candies these guys like? I think an appropriate they question love on Reese's. Halloween. Reese's. They love the Reese's. They love uh, Reese's Pieces they or love peanut butter cups? The peanut butter cups. Okay, they, they're all good. about the peanut butter cups. Absolutely. The Twix, anything chocolate. They're yep. always on the chocolate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of missing, so i got to go pick up some chocolate tonight for them. Oh. Okay. Um, but, yeah, man, those, those guys are great. You can never go wrong with Milky Way or Snickers either, in my opinion. So I don't know. Gentry, give me that look. Don't bring that Milky don't. Way in there. <laughs> oh, I don't Snickers? know. Snickers? Yeah, they'll, I, they'll do the Snickers. I just may have to have a talk with him about that. <laughs> uh, Darian Butler, let's get back to him, though. 50 tackles, seven tackles for loss, three interceptions, leads the team in all three categories. And we've been just so amazed watching him play this year because he almost looks like he belongs in the safety or the DB's room. He's the way he's transformed his body. He looks like a defensive back now, doesn't he? Man, they got those guys work so hard in the offseason. And our strength and conditioning uh, program is great. And when you take advantage of it, those guys are proof of what can happen when you do what you're supposed to do in the offseason. Um, the standards are set. And if you want to go and make, you know, the best of your opportunity here at Arizona State, you set your standard. We go meet the standards head-to-head, and we make them happen. And I think with the coaching staff that we have and what AP's done this year with the defense as far as with Marvin and all, we put these guys in position. They've just been able to go to execute, and when we execute, we execute at a high level. So it's good. Eric Gentry told me earlier this year that he thinks the way you coach your guys is that you want to coach them all to become Butkus Award Everybody. Candidates. Everybody in the room. I want everybody in the room to get everything that they want out of this university and out of the football program. So everybody from the degrees, right? I always tell them my job is to make sure you graduate first, right, and then be good guys. The football will take care of itself if you can do those things, and that's what I push them for every day. Chris, how is your position room responding to the uh, challenges and the, uh, the the bump in the road that the last two weeks, the last two games have presented to the club? Well, I challenge them every day. You know, and I, shoot, I take it tough, honestly. So they lift me up. You know, we come back on Monday, and we got to go back to work. 
And I think that's life in a lot of ways, too. Mm-hmm. It's not always great, but you make the best of it. And I, I think we're getting where we need to get to to get back on the path, right? And there's certain things that you have to do to do that, right? Coach lays that plan out, and if we execute those, it works out. If you don't, then you might it may not work out. So they understand that, and sometimes, you know, again, we're 5-3. and three. Mm-hmm. We're second, right, in the South. So we yeah. got four more games to go and, and really go – Go at this thing hard, and I keep telling these guys our biggest thing in our room is carpe diem, right? So that's what we talk about, and it's just seize the seize, day. Seize the day. Seize the opportunity. So we're looking forward to that. And the first opportunity is against, as we said, your alma mater, USC, the Trojans' uh, top passing attack and the top total offense in the Pac-12. But it looks like their running game is starting to get uh, revved up again. What's your take on their offense, and what will be the big challenges for your linebackers and uh, the defense uh, this Saturday? Well, you got to tackle. You get opportunities to tackle, and sometimes it's gang tackling. Sometimes it's one-on-one plays. you got to make your play, right? And we always talk about doing your job. Mm-hmm. you got to do your job. And sometimes doing your job is turning it back to the other guy, and sometimes your job is just making your play. So we talk about that every day, doing your job. And if you, everybody just does their job, you know, even if a play breaks or whatever, I always tell them we only should have to fix one, not two, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the mentality, and that's where we go with it. How do you feel your linebacker group has played as a unit this season overall? They've been solid, but, again, the level that I want them to play at, I'm going to keep pushing until we max it out. So I can't tell you where we are because that's not where we want to finish, right? We mm-hmm. want to finish – at the top in the Pac-12 and whatever categories they are, right, as a de- defense, a whole defense. But uh, Darren's done a great job. Uh, Sully's done a great job. Uh, Merlin's done a great job. They're bringing along the younger guys. They're setting the standard for how you work every day. So and you see Gentry, uh, he's benefiting from having these older guys. How about Eric's potential? I mean, he just seems to ooze potential with uh... – his uh, length and athleticism there at linebacker. Yeah, stretch, man. I'll tell him stretch. He, he's, yeah. he's, uh, <laughs> he's, doing, he's done a great job. Um, and he's learning. You know what I mean? He's learning. He's done a great job adapting to what we do in the defense as well. He's always a, he was a pass rusher, but now he's playing behind the line. We're moving him around. He's playing different positions on the field, and he's done a great job of grasping those techniques and, and those concepts and playing. Awesome. Well, I'm sure Saturday is going to be an experience you won't soon forget, uh, coaching against uh, the Trojans for the first time. Uh, enjoy the experience, and best of luck to you and continue to assess in your career, Chris. Great to have you today. Thank you. Forks up. There you go. Sun Devil linebacker coach Chris Claiborne has been our guest on this segment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devils' upcoming matchup with the USC Trojans. But first, these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Thanks for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. As Coach Edwards rejoins us now, Coach, before we continue on, if I could just quickly, uh, on a personal note, introduce some special guests in the audience tonight. The entire Healy family oh, yeah. is here tonight. Uh, my lovely wife, Margie, has just celebrated her birthday. Very she good. She is here. My daughter, Katie Garrick, 
her husband, Bryce Garrick, who is my spotter in the booth mm-hmm. on uh, home games. Uh, my son, Joe Healy, one of the all-time great Sun Devils. And my sweet five-year-old granddaughter, yeah. Ella Celeste Garrick, is here tonight. Say hi, El Bell. Go do a go Devils. She can she can do the pitchfork yeah, with the best of them. I know so it. it's so much fun to to have them here. Thanks for coming, family. So great to see you, Coach. Uh, talking about your family, uh, how about Darian Butler being nominated for the Buckus Award? And one other note, uh, one of your other captains, Case Hatch has been uh, nominated for the Burlesworth Trophy. That's a really special trophy in college football. It goes to the top player in the country who started his career as a walk-on. And, uh, boy, is Case Hatch a great candidate for that one. Uh, No doubt. And um, I think both those uh, players, Butler and and Case, are deserving uh, the way they've played and and handled themselves their their, their whole careers here, when you think about it. Butler came in as a freshman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, started from day yeah, one. Started from day one. Case Hatch was a walk-on, uh, earned a scholarship. So both those guys are very deserving, and and, and two, two team captains as well. Yeah, that's two of your five captains. Yeah, it's for kind sure. of interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, the one-loss record would tell people that USC has fallen off uh, the level where they were years ago for so many years, particularly in the Pete Carroll era of the early two thousands, but. Herm, I found this interesting stat, and this opened my eyes. For all this perception of USC being down, the Trojans have won their last eight Pac-12 road games in succession. And that is not only the longest ongoing streak of its kind in the conference, it's the fourth longest in the football bowl subdivision. They're, they're a better team on the road than they are at home right now. Well, they're, they're a good football team. Uh, you know, the, the record, you know, you'd say, what, they're 4-4 four and four or whatever. Right. Um, but um, they've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. It's kind of interesting. They're playing two quarterbacks. I, I was going to ask uh, you about that. That's, that's interesting. And, 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 and I think with that, there's some competition there. Um, but um, defensively, um, they've, they've got some outstanding rushers that can rush. Uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, they've got a, a, a really good secondary. They've got a lot of good players that that uh, that can change the game mm-hmm. you know they can ch- within a play they can change the game around at, at all different levels and offensively we already talked about their offense right you know, they're running the ball they've got some, some receivers and things of that nature and, but um you know they've got a lot of talent on this team amazing when the, you have a player like keaton slovis their quarterback who i think in the two games against arizona state has thrown for something like 800 some odd yards i mean he's he's terrific he gets hurt in the washington state game and they bring a guy off the bench who was the National High School Player of the Year last year, Jackson Dart, their quarterback, their backup out of Kaysville, Utah, and he threw for 391 in that game against Washington State, fresh off the bench. And now, as you indicated last week, uh, their interim coach, uh, Dante Williams, played both of them. Yes. Uh, what was your take on, on that and how it worked out for you? It worked out fine. I mean, you know, they're a little bit different, um, but the offense stays the same for the, for the most part. Um, uh, they, Dart's more likely to possibly take off and run, isn't uh, Yeah, he? but he got the knee, you know, and, right. and so he's not as he's, – he's, he's staying in the pocket, and mm-hmm. they don't want the quarterback to run a lot. They really don't. I mean, you know, they would prefer him to get the ball out of his hand. There's always a way he can check it off to somebody. Um, it's not a short passing game like some people assume, that, you know, that there's a certain route tree that they run. There's certain things they like to get to, um, and – 
it's all dictated on obviously the quarterback from the sideline the coverage dictates kind of the, the routes they're going to run whether it's two and two or trips uh, whatever it may be and they bring some tight ends and now they've added the running game to it so it's interesting to watch him what is Keaton Slovis's best characteristic? He's a very accurate passer, isn't he? Very accurate. He's a strong guy, too. I mean, he's, he's big. He's thick. You know, it's, it's hard to get him down. I mean, he has mobility. Uh, he doesn't want to run, but he can run. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to tackle him. You, you got to wrap him up. He breaks a lot of tackles and, and, and gets away at times. And, you know, he, he knows this offense pretty well because he's been in it now. And he knows uh, he can read coverage, and he'll, and he'll get the ball out of his hand. When you bring pressure, they're going to get the ball out of his hand. They're not going to take a lot of sacks. Well, they have the number one rated passing attack in the Pac-12. And if uh, Keontae Ingram, the running back, the transfer from Texas, who's rushed for three hundred, a hundred yards or more three of the last four games, if they get the running game going, that offense is going to be really tough to stop, even without Drake London. No, you're right. And and and, and when Drake went down, you know they 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 kind of leaned on that a little bit more. They've got to find somebody to put in the spot. They have numerous players that they're using there right now, but I think the run game is something that you kind of see and you go, okay, this is they're starting to get back to running the football, and um, they should. They got a good running back. You have a good running back that didn't play last week, and that was a big absence. Rashad White. How's what's Rashad's status uh, right he's, now? He's excited about being back and, and playing, and we're going to need him. Uh, we're going to need we're going to need all hands on deck mm-hmm. uh, for the next four weeks. Uh, that's for sure. And I think if we get some guys healthy now. We got some guys down that, that are going to be out for a while. Uh, now we've had to play some some other players at, at certain spots, but um, that's football. You, you know, you, you got to play the guys uh, that are available to play. Uh, I, we're hoping they go in there and, and and play well for us. Yeah, and as you said, uh, I know some fans are so discouraged over the last two games, and yet there are a lot to play for in these last uh, four games of this season. Well, there's a lot to play for. Period. In the fact that all the time you've put in. Everyone, coaches, players, all, all the hours uh, from the off season to right now, and it's a four-game season for us. And you know, you you you, you want to win. I mean, you really—that—that's what this team's all about. I mean, it's it's not so, so many of your guys came back for the oh. super senior years just yeah. to have a chance to win. No doubt. And I just think all the work you put in, um, you know, losing hurts everyone, and, and no one takes it easy. You know, we don't we don't swallow it easy. It's hard, you know, but that's that's part of it. it it's just when you lose, you got to deal with it, and you got to pick yourself back up. And, and the next week, get another, another opportunity. We'll get an opportunity Saturday night. A big opportunity against the USC Trojans, and you know all those uh, SoCal Devils will be fired up for that one. They'll all be fired up to play the Trojans this Saturday. And the Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered for Saturday's contest with USC. Uh, Our coverage will begin at 5 p.m. Saturday evening with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show hosted by Jeff Munn, who will be broadcasting live from the Santan Ford Club on the East Concourse of Sun Devil Stadium. Drop by and see money uh, during the pregame show. And then Jeff Van Raphorst will join me for the play-by-play broadcast starting at approximately 7.35, and you can hear the game on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2, as well as on... ArizonaSports.com, the AZ Sports app, and then Money will host Sun Devil Sound Off afterwards. Thanks to our great engineer, producer Sean Crespin, for his help tonight. Thanks to Sean Mitchell, Gareth Kwok, and in-studio coordinator Jeff Darge of the Sun Devil Radio Network. From Sun Devil Football, kudos to Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, Mark Asseline, and 
Our uh, emeritus, op, our ops director emeritus, Tim Cassidy, always with us. That whole table right there, that whole front that whole row table. is here all the time. They are. And the back rows. And we got two tables that they have been here for four years. They're awesome. They're unbelievable. They're, They're awesome. They're the best. Thanks, the best. For, thanks to our friends at the Lodge. Thanks to everybody. We'll see you next week. For Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. So long, everybody.